Welcome to War Room, the official podcast of the U.S. Army War College Online Journal, graciously supported by the Army War College Foundation. Please join the conversation at warroom.armywarcollege.edu. We hope you enjoy the program. You could subscribe to A Better Peace, the War Room podcast, at iTunes, Google Play, or your favorite download service, and never miss the great content we offer. Hello, and welcome to A Better Peace, the War Room podcast. I'm Jacqueline Witt, Professor of Strategy at the U.S. Army War College and the War Room podcast editor. Thanks so much for joining us today. Today, I'm pleased to be back at actually the first institution that I taught at uh, post-PhD, which is the United States Military Academy at West Point in the history department. So I'm actually down in the basement of Thayer Hall with Dr. Greta Booker, who is a professor of history at West Point and is one of the um, sort of long-serving civilian academics here in the department. And Greta is actually going to be taking over a new role next year as the vice deputy for academic affairs in the history department. Um, and so she's going to be helping lead the sort of intellectual uh, direction of the department. So I wanted to take the opportunity to talk with her about the role of history in educating cadets at West Point and some of the initiatives that they've undertaken uh, in the past few years. So Greta, welcome to A Better Peace. Thank you for having me, Jack. I'm happy to be here. Great. So we'll start off with a overall sort of conceptual question, which is to say, why do you think and why does the department think that history is an important part of a cadet's education at West Point? Well, um, all the every cadet who graduates from West Point, first of all, is a commissioned Army officer. We commission 100% of our graduates. Not everybody knows that, so I want to start off with that. And we think that it's really important that Army officers understand um, the history of the nation that they are serving, uh, that they understand the history of the profession of arms, particularly the American profession of arms, and that they also are able to understand um, and have some empathy for the various cultures that they are going to come into contact with around the world uh, as Army officers when they're deployed or stationed in any theater, whether they're uh, actively engaged in war or whether they are um, there in, in some sort of a... Um, almost an ambassadorial capacity or for whatever reason that they're in another part of the world, we want them to be able to um, understand the culture that they're in. And so history is a really foundational part of that education. It's part of their professional education. It's part of their intellectual education and development. Um, and it's a part of their understanding of the long tradition of the profession of arms that they're in. Mm -hmm. And so um, cadets at West Point begin their education with a semester of American history so that they can understand the traditions of the United States, particularly the Constitution um, and the civil-military relationship. They do a semester of international history so that they can um, learn how to study another culture uh, so that no matter where they go in the world, they can learn about that culture before they get there. And then they do a semester of military history so that they can understand the profession that, they're, mm -hmm. that they are embarking upon for their life's career, hopefully. Yeah, so that gives us a sort of sense of how they move, how every cadet moves through the history department. So the history department teaches all of them mm -hmm. in sort of multiple, multiple venues at different stages throughout their 
cadet career, um, one of the things that the history department sort of uses in its its advertising, I guess, mm-hmm. right, is the idea that much of the history we teach is made by the people uh, we taught, and that that poster has gone through several um, several iterations. So I think history has always been part of the part of the place, right? You can't you can't walk around here without hitting a statue or, or a location of, of some historical significance. Right. Yeah. And of course, I mean, West Point is, of course, imbued in history um, and it's over 200 years old. And, you know, it's part of yeah, for Americans, revolution- at least that's old. Yes. Right. For Americans, that's old. And it's part of the Revolutionary War. Um, it's a re- Revolutionary War battlefield. And so, yes, there's history all around us. We are definitely part of the history of the country. Very good. So when we think about, and you, and you told us sort of what kind of classes um, cadets take at West Point, when you think about what the department um, hopes every cadet learns or can can leave here sort of doing and knowing and understanding historically, what would, what would you say those goals are? So I would say that they kind of fall into several different categories. So we one of the things that we do is we develop certain skills. We want them to be able to read critically, think critically, write well, communicate well, and those are all very important skills for an Army officer. Um, Historically, we want them to be able to, uh, as I said before, read about another culture, read about their history, their ethical development, um, and to understand why a culture developed the way that it did, how it developed the way that it did, and whether they agree with the ethical or um, social um, structures in that society, at least understand why mm-hmm. they are the way they are. And this can help sort of, I guess, supplement or complement the things that they're learning in DFL, right? in exactly. different field studies, in social sciences, um, that this isn't sort of isolated from the other parts of the curriculum. Exactly. I mean, every cadet at West Point takes 27 core courses. Um, And what we do in history is one of the core courses they take is a language. And in international history, we teach six different regional histories, and we place them in a regional history that matches the language they're going to take. So if you're going to take Russian language, we're going to put you in Russian regional history. If you take Spanish, we're likely to put you in Latin American regional history. And so that way you're going to get a language and a regional history that have something in common. So you're sort of studying a culture from two different Mm -hmm. vantage points. Um, And so that sort of ties it together a little bit for you. So that's one thing that we do. But, of course, that doesn't mean that when you are an Army officer, you're going to end up in Latin America. So what we're really trying to do is give you the skill set to study another culture. In fact, it might be unusual if you were an army officer and you ended up in exactly yes the right the right place. The army is going to do with you what it will, what the army wants to That's wants right. to do. But what we're trying to give you is the toolbox that okay, I know that in order to study another culture, these are the kinds of questions I need to ask. These are the sorts of sources I want to look at. Um, uh, I need to know that a source that is um, you know, SheGuevara.com is going to have a certain <laughs> viewpoint, and maybe I want to balance that with a source with a different viewpoint, right? right? So that uh, we want it's g- not an invalid thing, but you have to right. understand its perspective, its bias, uh, yes. how it's being written and produced, and why. Yes, and that perhaps you want one with 
a different viewpoint to balance that viewpoint. Sure. And so that's those are the kinds of tools we want to develop Great. Uh, for our cadets. So I know um, it's been about seven years since I was here, and I know the history curriculum has changed a lot uh, in that in that time. And the department um, has made a really major effort to integrate uh, critical perspectives on categories such as race and gender um, into the curriculum. You yourself are a historian of Russia and of gender and sexuality of medicine. Um, so for some people, they might think that you're maybe an unusual fit uh, to teach at a military academy. Uh, uh-huh. I get a little bit of that, too, in, in my life. Um, but can you maybe talk to us about why the department decided to make that change and sort of really integrate that fully into the courses it teaches? Well, um, I think that the department decided to do this partially about in 2007. We um, did a major um, re- not revision, we did a re- major review of our curriculum. And part of doing that was benchmarking against other departments. And we already knew that our curriculum was kind of old-fashioned. It had not been reviewed in 20 years. Mm-hmm. And at that point, you know, we, we made quite a few changes, mostly in our elective curriculum. And at that point, we um, added courses that that looked at gender and race and nation and things that we hadn't had in our curriculum before. Uh, And those were mostly elective courses, upper-level courses. For majors, so the... For history, well, not just for history majors. That's true. I mean, other other majors could take it, but not in the the core courses, not in the required courses. For the entire core of cadets, what they're going to get. But that, of course, inspired us to look at our core courses and say, hmm, you know, we should probably add or think about incorporating more of these themes into our core courses as well. Uh, Another thing that inspired us to really make a more concerted effort to add these themes to these, to these courses uh, is that the Academy itself started looking at the core curriculum and thinking about the kinds of themes that should, um, maybe be more explicitly drawn throughout the curriculum. And one of those themes, which is now an explicit thread in the entire core curriculum, is something called the gender, sexuality, and respect thread. Uh, And we have, I think it is six, or is it eight? I should know this because I'm the chair of the gender, sexuality, and respect thread of the curriculum. It's eight courses in the gender, sexuality, and respect thread of the curriculum. And one of those courses is our international history course, which is a freshman level course at the academy, the, uh, the regional history courses I talked about. And so that has become an explicit thread, just like, you know, political development, um, social development, economic development, um, now gender and sexuality is part of the uh, one of the threads that we study in that course. So rather than each core course being sort of alone and unafraid on its own and each department controlling entirely what they do, there's been some efforts academy-wide to think about what the cadets need to know and learn over the course of their of their 47-month experience, right? Um so that by the time they leave, they have developed a vocabulary, um, a, a way of thinking about the world. And so that's that's part of that effort as well, it sounds like. Yes. And so we, do, we don't do 
a lot of coordination among those eight courses. We mostly try to get the instructors together to discuss how the different disciplines approach mm-hmm. um, these uh, ideas of gender, sexuality, and respect. And respect, of course, encompasses a lot. It certainly encompasses race relations. Um, so, for example, our American history course, uh, core course, has a very big emphasis on the civil rights movement. Um, the writing um, exercises in that course have um, have uh, primary source modules that are um, that we've had developed. Uh, we've developed in house. They are um, on a iPad, you know, they're interactive modules. They have, they're very rich, dense primary source modules with some secondary um, text along with them that the cadets use to write a uh, paper on, okay. you know, using the primary and the secondary sources uh, together. And we have um, hired postdocs who teach and then write these modules as mm-hmm. well as part of their postdoc okay. um, experience here. And we have one on Vietnam. Um, and we have several others. I don't teach that course, so it's not coming to me immediately what they're all on. Um, and they, some of them deal with both gender and race, and some of them deal more specifically with race and civil rights. So the American history course focuses on that. The international history course focuses more explicitly on gender and sexuality, although depending on the region of the world you're dealing with, race is also a sure. major component. Again, very it's going to be different in the in different, different parts of the world. Right. So for Latin America in particular, race is a, is a very big component. Um, I teach Russia. Race is a somewhat less mm-hmm. – ethnicity is, is a bigger component, but okay. race is a somewhat less big, less less major component in the Russian one. Um, the And then the gender, sexuality, and respect thread encompasses courses, core courses in um, political science, um, sociology – a philosophy course on ethics, a law course, a couple of physical education courses. Um, so it, it really kind of spans sure. the academy. And the idea is what we really want cadets to come out of that course doing, this is part of kind of our effort to give the cadets who are going to be officer, officers a foundation for how they're going to approach um, not only other cultures and not only um, the general public, but also the problem of sexual harassment and assault in the Army itself. Right. Um, how are they going to talk about these things with their troops? How are they going to talk about these things when they have soldiers who are victims or are perpetrators of sexual harassment and right. assault? Absolutely. And we know that these are um, important issues yes. for the Army, for the military. For West Point. More broadly and for West Point, right? There was a recent uh, yes. stand-down day. Um, so clearly things that need to be discussed and, and what better environment in some ways than an academic environment where you have trusted advisors and mentors and faculty members um, who can help cadets have difficult conversations and learn um, learn about new things and, and perspectives that they haven't maybe thought about mm-hmm. before. And give them sort of the vocabulary and the intellectual tools to deal right. with scary and difficult and uncomfortable topics and to understand that the the right the world is a sort of vast and diverse and interesting place the united states is a vast and diverse and interesting yes. place and the force that they're going out to to lead is a is a diverse place mm-hmm. um with people from from all over the country uh, a mix of, of races uh clearly you know gender relations all of these are are part and parcel to uh, the the force that the United States generates and the the allied forces around the world. Um, how do you think faculty and cadets have been responding to the 
sort of curricular changes in the emphasis on race, on gender, on other things that we might not traditionally associate with a military education? You know, I think the cadets seem to be very interested in these topics. Um, I think that particularly in history, I think they often come out of high school with this idea that history is sort of a slate of names names and dates and, and wars and treaties and, right. you know, things that they think of as very boring. Um, and when you start talking about real people and real problems that they can identify yeah, thank with. Thank goodness it's not that because yes. I would be terrible. I would too. At it. In fact, I hated history in high school mm-hmm. and I took history. I took a history course my first semester of college to get it out of the way. So I wouldn't ever have to take it again. Um, and, and it was an American history course. And interestingly enough, I have never again in my life taken an American history course, but I loved that class so much that I changed from pre-med to American history that semester. Um, and I don't know why I never took another American history course, but I never did. I took European history courses and Asian history courses and Russian history courses. But, um, yeah, because and even though I had one really good history course, one, one really good history teacher in high school um, who I really liked, I still came out of high school thinking, ugh, history is awful. Right. Um, and now I also have some freshman history students who had great history classes in high school. And I know some wonderful American and, and European and world history teachers in high school. But uh, having said that, there are a lot of people who come out of high school history right. thinking it's awful. Or they never got past the Greeks. Yes. Or past Korea or something. Because right. Because you always run out of time. Because you run out, of, run time. out of time. Right. And so they they come to college and they think that history is all politics. And political history is interesting to some people, but it's not interesting to everybody. And so when they get to start talking about things that aren't just political history, they discover that, oh, history is about real people. Yeah, it's people doing things. And even political history it's isn't just things. presidents, right? It's, right. It's all sorts of interesting people doing things in the in the world. Right. And, you know, if you get to do Russian history, it's even if you're talking politics, it's really wacky people doing <laughs> really wacky things. That's true. You've got a, a whole litany yeah, of, of wacky Total wackadoodles people. in charge of a whole country. And a big one. A big one. A big, yeah. important one yeah. at that. Um, what about on the faculty side? So a lot of the, the faculty members uh, who are military officers, right, s- send off to grad school for a few years and they come back and teach. Uh, what's been the response from serving sort of captains and majors? Um, you know, I think that the captains and majors are young, and they also seem to really You're enjoy this. In, I've had, in fact, millennials. Yes, exactly. Yeah. I've had. Ab- I've <laughs> really felt no pushback from yeah. captains and majors. I mean, it's kind of like when um, "Don't ask, don't tell" went away. The pushback came from colonels and Old maybe guys. some lieutenant colonels yeah. it did not come in and my from ex- retired general officers yes right? and a lot of retired people yes but it did not come from the younger people yeah. you know the younger people it was a non-issue um I really didn't sense much at all from mm-hmm. anybody under the age of 40 sure or maybe even 50 <laughs> you know uh and I don't sense much at all from the cadets either I didn't mm-hmm. even when that happened that was 2012 was it? yeah almost it was it was a stunning sort of non non event thing. Yes, for the most part, um, it was. And so, and so, this change to the curriculum has also been. I mean, it's been. It hasn't been a non event because it's been interesting. 
You know, sure. there has there were a few people when we did it who, particularly people who were sort of in their last year of teaching and had to redo all of their lesson plans. Who yeah, were sort that's of like, tough. <laughs> uh, um, but it was, in, but many of them, even the people who were in their last year, were like, "Oh, this is fun. This is interesting. Mm-hmm. You know, I like doing this." Um, there were a few people though who were like, "Oh God, I just got comfortable with this material." <laughs> but mostly, it was not the fact. It wasn't what we were changing. It was just that the fact had, that it was changing. Yes, I think that this it was is changing. this is always a, a real yes. challenge when we have rotating. It's a it's a challenge at the at the of war course. colleges too, yeah. right? Where you've got people who who just get to teach for a couple of years. Um, I always say that they never they never get to the good part of teaching where you really really feel like you sort of know what you're yeah, doing you just, well enough. I know what I'm doing. I can walk in. I'm really, really comfortable. And when somebody asks a question that I don't know the answer to, I have, it's, I don't feel at all awkward when I say, wow, I don't know the answer to let's, that. Let's, let's find out. Let's yeah. figure this one out, you know? Um, yeah. And a little bit more risk taking or ability to, to deviate, I guess, from the, from the plan. Right. Um, what do you think is next for the history department in terms of the intellectual developments for cadets? So if we if we sat down uh, 10 years from now, mm-hmm. what, what, what do you think we'd be talking about? Oh, wow. Hmm, that's a tough one. I'm not very good at looking into the... See, I became a historian, <laughs> historian so you because I like to reflect. I don't like to, to predict. Hang, yeah. <laughs> I've been hanging out with the social scientists ah, too, they like to predict. too much. They do like to predict. They do like to predict. Well, let's see. I really hope what we're talking about is, has it been a real change having a classroom that's mostly full of women instead of mostly full hmm. of men? I think that would be an awesome question to have to add, that answer. Would be neat. But I, I kind of think it might not happen, but I'd really like to have to ask, <laughs> answer that question. Yeah, I had a section once with six women in it. I have no idea how it happened, um, hmm. but it was wild. It would be. It was, it was, and everybody knew it. Everybody yeah. knew it was a little bit strange. Um, and the, one of the men came up and said, ma'am, the girls are kicking our asses. <laughs> I just looked at him and said, yeah. That's I bet that feels strange for seems them. Seems huh? about right. Imagine, imagine what it would be like to be in the minority the whole, you know, your whole career, the whole time. Yeah. Um, so that, w- no, that would be an interesting, an interesting. That's not question. curricular, of course. No, but it changes, it changes the dynamic and it changes sort of maybe what you can, what you can talk about. Um, yeah, I think I could Im- I could imagine if I were if I were speculating um, maybe a history curriculum that integrates American history with world history mm-hmm. in in more sort of coherent ways. I think we we st- and this is common throughout, right? We still teach American history as separate from right. international history or regional history or world history, um, but we of course know that the United States is in fact part of the world. Um, and, and you can see things, I think in, in interesting comparative ways too. So maybe as long as they gave us a full year to do that, I'm afraid that what would happen is they would say, you can do it all in one semester. Yeah, no, I think that, um, whoever's listening to the, to the (laughs) podcast, um, no, I think they would need a whole year. We would need a whole year to do that. To make that happen. At least. And and at least or more. more. Um, and to, and to do it well, but to really think about how the history of the United States fits in with our broader understanding of, of world history and, Mm -hmm. and how historical perspectives, um, are shaped and, and play out. So, uh, Greta, thanks so much for sitting down with me to have, uh, this conversation i'm getting ready to head back to carlisle um, sounds like fun it will be it'll be it's a nice it's a beautiful drive although the the weather today is maybe not not so great but it's been a real pleasure to sit down with you and to be back uh in the history department and best of luck next year in your new position thank you and as you 
continue to teach cadets. Thank you. It's been great to see you again. And that concludes our program. Thank you for listening. The views expressed in this podcast reflect those of the speakers and do not necessarily reflect the views, policies, or positions of the U.S. Army or the Department of Defense. Let us know what you think. Provide us your feedback, comments, or suggestions through our webpage at warroom.armywarcollege.edu. And have a great day.